This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And today I'm here with my brother. You know, you uh, you owe me some lessons in the haka. India yeah, James. I Remember, I haven't forgotten about that. Not me either. Yeah, How I you been? How you been, man? Good. I've been great. I've been yeah. very good. I've been very good. Thank you very good, much. Good. Yeah. You know, eventually, eventually the restrictions around COVID-19 are going to let up and we'll get to get together and hang out, do some stand up together somewhere, maybe. And oh, I would love that. I would love, you know, one of my goals for 2021 would be to do the John Allen podcast in person. Yes. So I can give you a big old bear hug. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. that? No, I would love to have you here, man. The studio is right here off of my living room in my home, so you get to meet my family, wife and kids, and and uh, I'm a good cook too. So you'll you'll have reason to love me even more after you eat. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I uh, we were talking before we went live here. We were talking about how I am borderline technophobe. I'm not really. I wouldn't classify it as a phobia, but I am afraid of new electronics, new technology. Uh, it was quite the journey to get my podcast converted over to a video podcast. But yeah. one thing that I am extremely curious about is this whole thing with cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. uh, crypto media that a lot of musicians and artists, painters and, and whatnot are, are into. And yeah. then lo and behold, um, more proof that our friendship was meant to be. I look online and you're offering a course, not a free course. It's, it's paid, but you're offering a course for people to introduce them into this world of cryptocurrency. And what is the, what is the crypto art uh, called? Um, and what is it called NIF and, and, and NFTs, NFTs. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. NFTs and whatnot. And, and that's what piqued my interest mostly uh, when it comes to the whole crypto world is the possibility around NFTs as a musician. Yeah. So, so what do you, what, what got you into it and what are you offering people? Well, I have been um, kind of curious about the whole cryptocurrency situation for a very long time. And I, I just started to spend more and more time looking into the technology and understanding that what a lot of different cryptocurrency and different coins and tokens are doing is that they're actively trying to solve real world problems. Yes. And if there's one thing that everybody has experienced in the last year is that there are a lot of real world problems. Yes. And, and, you know, look, uh, everything seems to be going digital. Everything seems to be moving more and more away from the physical, especially in the last 12 months. And it just seems like uh, this digital space is, is here to stay, even after yeah. the restrictions get uh, lifted, I think. More and more people are going to spend more and more time online and more and more services are going to be digitized. And more important than that, I think that what the crypto space is going to be doing is going to be bringing more equality to people. And I think it's going to try to even the playing fields uh, between people. Now, how do you see that happening? That's an interesting look at the whole thing, but it's, uh, I think it's also feasible. But how do you think that's going to happen? Okay, let's have a look at the example of NFTs. Uh, let's, let's have a quick look at that. So um, artists, you're a musician, you make music. Artists generally earn around 10 to 12% of all of the income generated through their music. 
So there's a lot that goes to streaming platforms, a lot that goes to labels, a lot that goes to management and all these other services. And artists actually get the minority share of that cut of the cake. Yes. In the last few years, artists have been making the primary, the, the vast amount of their money through touring. Okay. And once the world shut down, that artists aren't being able to make money through touring, but services like Spotify, centralized services, streaming platforms, they're making more money than ever. Yeah. So artists are the people that are producing the music, but they're not making any of the money from the music. Isn't that and sad? He, that is so that, pathetic. That is so pathetic. And that is a fundamental flaw in the centralized system of the economy in the moment. And that is what digitizing NFTs, digitizing music, putting ownership into the hands of artists and musicians, that's how it could even the playing field. And, and, and musicians is just the tip of the iceberg. It's just the very beginning. And I see that as a way where things can be a little bit more balanced out. Well, I'm seeing artists like uh, painters. Um, well, let, let, let's back it up. Let's take it away from NFTs and let's go back to uh, let's go back to uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I've seen over the last year that Instagram has been a huge forum for painters and sculptors where they will speed film themselves doing a painting or something. And it's getting, you know, some of them are getting millions of hits on Instagram now, the problem, well, it's not a problem. It's always good to, to ex expose yourself for, for, for a public. But, but I wonder how difficult it is for them to monetize that. Okay, there's a lot of people looking at it. They're watching this film of you creating your art. They're liking it, but where's the monetization? Now, we take it a step up to NFTs, and the, the monetization is quite direct. It's totally direct because the person that owns the artwork is profiting from the artwork. And you're removing any type of middleman. You're removing any type of centralized business, which is going to have a lot of overheads, yeah. which is going to try to take a lot of profit. And the way that these centralized businesses and streaming platforms, they make money is at the expense of content creators. Yes. So nobody is going to go to an Instagram account to look at the ads that are generating money unless you have people adding valuable content. Exactly. And so with NFTs and with digital tokens and with the way that uh, crypto is going is that it's evening the playing field. It's, it's, and, and that, 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 that's what, you know, really appeals to, you know, not the anarchist in me, but it, the, the, the human in me, like I have, well, you're, you're, you're a musician. I have friends that are musicians. Why are they getting fucked over? Why are they making money for Spotify? And they, they can't afford to put food on the table. Exactly. I'm, I'm all about artist rights. You know, if, if you do the work, you should own the art. And if you own the art, you should own the profit. Yeah. And, and like, unfortunately, like just the way the system has been in the last 50, hundred years, but especially lately, is that the the artists have been getting less and less and less and they're the ones that are producing the songs that you love yeah, you know they're yeah. the ones that you're connecting with and what so, what a lot of people still don't understand you know i i still hear people oh these musicians whining uh you know what, what's their problem what, and what they still don't understand is that the royalty system on spotify for example uh it's it's like 0 0.00001 pennies per stream and you could get you could get 10 million streams and you're lucky if you make 500 bucks. Yeah. Whereas with an NFT, here's the beauty in it. Not only can the artist create 
their music. Not only can the, the artist sell their music as an NFT, but if I understood this correctly, and I might be wrong, like I said, I, I technology and me don't get along, it's all witchcraft to me. But if I understood the NFT concept correctly, I could put out a song or a whole album and put it out there for X amount of dollars. And I can enable other people to sell it on as well, but I can decide what kind of a cut I get. In other words, you open it up almost like a multi-level marketing type of thing where other people can help you sell your album or your painting or your, your whole gallery of paintings or a whole set of albums. Am I, am I yeah. right? Is that yeah, exactly. It, and I think there's different business models as uh, an artist and you can have like different ways of monetizing your content. And one of those ways is you, you know, let's just say you're, uh, let's just say that you release a piece of artwork, whatever it is, like a, a, a song or painting. Mm. And let's just say you make that the exclusive artwork that is the original and it's verified on the blockchain. It's undoubtedly the one and only of that. It's the, it's the one and only. You could then go on to make a, an album a year later and you could be like the biggest superstar in the world and all of a sudden that one painting that you put out before you blew up has now exponentially increased yes. as your fame and um artistry has has improved and like so the value that somebody invested initially in something that was your artwork can then also be you know greatly more valuable and then they can sell that on labor at a profit when they need the money. And there's the beauty of it. The artist controls, you know, it's like owning the master recordings to, to your album. Uh, this whole NFT concept, you are owning that original content in, in you and only you decide what happens with it. You set the price, you decide what kind of a cut you're going to get if you allow others to sell it on for you. And I, I just think it's beautiful. And looking at that, if I were Spotify... I'd be pretty terrified right about now because as a musician, uh, wh why even as a podcaster, I watch now some finally some executive at Spotify is going to listen to my podcast. I'm going to get booted off. But even as a podcaster, if if I can go somewhere else where I control what people pay to hear my product or to see my product, if it's a painting, that's where I'm going to go instead of paying actually paying a monthly or a yearly subscription to a distributor to put my stuff up on Spotify. Yeah. And I get nothing from it. No. Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, 0 0.0001 pennies. Yeah. That's what I get. That's what you get. And I think, you know, what's interesting about the NFT revolution is that Spotify was um, a disruptor to the CD market. It yes. disrupted record stores. And now there are platforms that are disrupting Spotify. Yeah. So there's like another decentralized streaming platform. I think it's called Audius, yes. which is the NFT decentralized version of Spotify. Yeah. So, you know, Spotify had its reign, uh, you know, it's, it's been, do you think they're going down? 10 years. Do you think they're so, going down now? No, I don't think they're going down yet, but I think, you know, once it's like, you know, the, the, the floodgates are opening a little bit and more and more people are, as the NFT awareness increases and as things start moving in more in that direction, then I think, yeah, I think they're definitely going to lose market share, 100%. Now, NFTs are the new thing 
for distributing artwork. Yeah. Now, within that concept, people have to pay for things. And that is where the whole thing with cryptocurrency comes in. Yes. Now, it's not just Bitcoin. There's other types of cryptocurrency. Am I correct? Yeah, there's many types. And different types of cryptocurrency generally solve different problems or have different use cases. So if I'm going to sell an NFT, mm. um, are, there, are there many different kinds of platforms I can go to to place that NFT? Yes. Okay, and there's, does there's each... Multiple, multiple marketplaces. Okay. So if you want to look at a marketplace, just as like a, a shop or a store online, and all you do is, first of all, you have to mint your NFT. So if you, you could think anything could be an NFT. This podcast could be an NFT. You could mint it, and then you just have to give it a unique signature that's verified on the blockchain. Like a barcode almost. Exactly, yeah. like a barcode. And then it you put it online on this digital store, and then you put a price on it. It's really that simple. It's, it's super simple. It's really, really, really basic. And I think we need to get the John Allen NFT going fucking ASAP. So you know, I I, I think we're gonna do it. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some cash your way, and I'm gonna buy into your to your course. And I'm gonna learn how to do this because, like I said, I I got very curious about, and I I just ran into the NFT thing by chance about a month month and a half ago, just by chance on YouTube, mm. messing around on YouTube, and I found this NFT thing, and that's where I saw this artist who became a millionaire in less than a month because of NFTs with his album. And I'm like, oh man, I want to do that. And I watched a couple, three more videos. And then I'm like, I can never do this because of that technological hurdle, that yeah. new, that new medium hurdle. Like yeah. I said, it was a big journey for me just to be able to get my podcast over to video format. Yeah. But then when I saw that you, somebody I know, I like, I trust, uh, somebody who obviously has interest and and some some knowledge at least about this. I figured, man, this is this is perfect. This is a good match. I've got to get into this now. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I I developed a course that is helping people start their crypto journey. And the reason that I did that is because I have been there with multiple people now that have like wanted to get into crypto and they just didn't know how to do it and they've just missed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and then once they started getting into it they just run into all of the same problems they run into all of the same potential scams they run into all of the same issues they run into all of the same questions so i i started like i started like helping my my mom my girlfriends and friends and it took about one and a half two hours just to go through everything and then give them a complete breakdown up into a point where it's like okay you got this now you're on your own you know because it's very easy to get scammed in the cryptocurrency world you know i almost lost i almost lost five thousand dollars by clicking on the wrong link really yeah, yeah wow fucking, you know look as soon as you start digitizing currency and as soon as people start putting value like real money on the internet you're going to have criminals that are going to try to take advantage of your lack of security and technical expertise so someone who is a total uh total new newbie in 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 crypto how can i avoid being scammed what should i look out for how, how do they scam you well they scam you in a couple of ways and the one of the ways that I fell for actually, and that's a lot of people will fall for, is that they will Google the name of an exchange or a place where they're going to buy crypto. And then what will happen is these scammers will have an ad 
that pops up as the first hit in Google. And you will click on that ad, and then you think that you're putting your money into something which you've searched for, which somebody's recommended, but you're not. You're putting your money into some, you know, some scam site, and they're going to try to hack you. And they're not, they're not going to hack you. They're just going to get your money. You're going to put your credit card details in, everything. And then the, your, your payment is either going to go through if they're not on a block list by the bank. And if your, if your payment doesn't go through, if your bank blocks it, then they're going to have your credit card details. They're going to have your name. You're going to put your password in. Maybe that's the same password you use on other sites. Then they're going to target you because they know that you're interested in crypto and they know that you made this very beginner mistake. And that's exactly what happened to me. And that's exactly what happened to other people that I know. How much did they scam you for? I, they didn't, I almost lost a 50,000, uh, about, about $5,000. Okay. Yeah. About $5,000 twice. It, I, wow. Twice I did it. Yeah. So, I was lucky because this particular site was on my bank's watch list. So the, my bank canceled uh, the transaction on my behalf. Wow. And then they, they called me a minute after I put it in. And then they kept calling me and they wanted me to put it on my PayPal. Uh, and, then, and then I go, oh my God, something's wrong. And I happened to be with a friend. I happened to be with a friend who goes, you know what? This sounds like a scam. Yeah. I think you've gone to the wrong site. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I, I clicked you on the wrong You are site. so, you're so fortunate to have such a bank that's awake and looking out for your best interest. I tell you, I can only imagine, and, and this is kind of sad. Uh, I can only imagine the the amount of people who have been scammed when they've been trying to get into crypto. And then, of course, that's going to be just a complete turnoff to most people. Most people aren't going to be like you. Most people aren't going to say, well, okay, live and learn. Let me keep going. Most people will be scared by that one attempt, whether or not it succeeds. People yeah. will be afraid of that first attempt to scam them and they'll run away and talk bad about crypto forever. Yeah, and it's happened to people that I know. And, it, you know, it happened to my mom and it happened to me and it happened to like a lot of, you know, just people that I, they just ran into this one encounter with these criminals that are going to try to take your savings in a time where every dollar is precious. Where do these... Where do these criminals originate from? Are we talking about organized crime or are they in a little house somewhere in Hoksund over here in Norway or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Hoksund. I, I take every chance. I take every opportunity I get to take a crap on Hoksund. There's a lot of reasons <laughs> yeah. for that, but I do. No, do you know where these gangs originate from? Are we talking about organized crime, Eastern European maybe, or is it yeah. more localized? No, it's, it's Eastern European, Asian. Okay. You know, and I'm sure there's criminals in every country. Sure, sure. But I think a lot of the times you got these, you know, highly educated people in an environment without much opportunity, and they're very skilled in computer science, and they're they're in an environment which makes a lot of money using computer fraud, computer crime, yeah. and they have a lot of this is their day job, this is what they do. They're either well, in scam call centers or they're in scam websites, and now they're targeting the crypto community. Well, just like there's investors and, and, and smart people like yourself who have their eye open for new opportunities, there's also scammers and criminals who have their eyes open for those same opportunities in order to scam the newbies. Yeah, exactly. So, and unfortunately, the criminals have more experience than the newbies. Yeah and probably a much broader network and a lot more financing and yeah. Yep. And you know, you're just one person there by yourself yeah. trying to figure out this whole new crypto thing. But Hey, I'm and not by myself. I have any of James. You got me, you got me there, buddy. I'm we'll there take, for we'll take on them dirty criminals from hook soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We gotcha. <laughs> so now, of course, I don't want you to give away the details of what you're offering people who want to learn about this, but, 
what do you say to a newbie like myself? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm worse than a newbie in that I haven't taken any steps towards doing it. How would you bring me in? How would you explain to me what crypto can do for me? Why, why not just, uh, why shouldn't I just stick to the stock market? No, that's very easy. The, the, the stock market is a big scam. It's a fraud and it's going down. Like the stock market is, the, the returns on the stock market is absolutely garbage. You know, it's, it's, it's collapsing. You know, it's a, it's a fiat-based system. American, this, the American economy is just printing dollar after dollar with a lot of inflation. And, you know, there's no, there's no stopping the printing that's happening in America now. And so the stocks aren't worth bullshit. They're not worth the money they're printed on. You know, it's a scam. The, the, the U.S. dollar is a scam. And, you know, everybody knows it now. The jig's up. Well, is it is it up, though? I mean... No, it might not even be up. They're still pulling it's almost shit, like It's almost know? like people see the scam in the, the, the modern stock market and financial system. People see it. You hear people talking about it all the time, but they still are investing. They yeah. still are buying stocks. They're still investing in real estate. They're still doing all this. Are they just, I don't know. What, what do you think is the reason for that? People see the writing on the wall, but they just keep erasing it at the same time. I'm, I'm not sure why people continue to make decisions like that, but I know a lot of people have moved away from that. And yeah. you can look at things like, uh, you can look at people like Elon Musk. Yes. You know, Yes. But one of the one of the things that I did, I bought a bunch of you know cryptocurrency a few weeks before Elon Musk came out and announced that he was buying Bitcoin, and then basically it almost doubled the price. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you you have these incredibly smart people who now they understand the uh, the nature of an inflationary dollar. They understand what's happening with just reckless printing, and they understand that the dollar is just going to be worth less and less and less and less and less. Yeah. And so the incredibly intelligent people, these people like Elon Musk, these people like Michael Saylor, these people that even Goldman Sachs, you know, big banking institutions, they started to say, okay, we don't want to have our money invested in, uh, in, in the dollar because the, the value of the dollar is going to go down. Yeah. Let's move it over into cryptocurrency, something like Bitcoin, which Bitcoin's main value today, it's not used so much as a form of payment. It's used as a storage of wealth. Yes. And people are calling it digital gold. So you have these incredibly intelligent people that are putting their money into digital gold as a hedge against the dollar. Yeah. So if, if, if you had like a, you know, and this is what I'm doing, this is what most people in the crypto space are doing. They have $1,000, they have $10,000. And if they keep that in the bank, in five years, it's going to buy them less. Yes. But if they put that in Bitcoin in five years, it's going to buy them more. It's as simple as that. But know? isn't Bitcoin quite volatile? Doesn't it have some sharp dips as well that can be quite frightening? So would the absolutely so so and I'm I'm no investing guru, but then I would assume that maybe the best thing is to think long term. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're not you're gonna buy you're not right. gonna buy a Bitcoin uh, to try and flip it in a month. I, I guess you could do that, but it's a bad idea. But the purpose of Bitcoin is long term, correct? Yeah, it's long term, and it's. Uh, I mean, if you bought a Bitcoin now, you could flip it in a month, and you'd make you know maybe maybe you'd make an extra 20 percent. That's, that's good. You can totally do that. And in that month, it's going to have some ups and downs. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you had that Bitcoin and then you sold it in 10 years, let's just say you had like the price of Bitcoin today is around, I don't know, $55,000, $56,000, something like that. Mm -hmm. 
maybe this time in five years, it's worth $500,000. Right. You know? So and hallelujah, I, hallelujah, what an investment then. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. That's what it is. It's because it has a fixed market cap. They're not going to be able to print any more Bitcoin. I think the max amount of Bitcoin that they're going to pr- produce is, is, is 21 million. Okay. So you think like the, and I think even like maybe 2 million of them have been lost. People have like put them on hard drives. They, they can't remember their passwords. Isn't that so, crazy? Oh my God. It's crazy. I, it's crazy. I, I feel I get heart palpitations just thinking, oh God, if that was me and I lost my Bitcoin that is yeah. now worth, you know, maybe 60% more than when I, when I bought it. Oh my God. To try 50,000% more. Try imagine. 20, I know, I know there are probably people, the first people to buy Bitcoin, who then, for whatever reason, maybe they listen to some negative uh, uh, media discussions about it, and they're like, ah, screw this. And they may have lost it or erased it off of their hard drive or something. Can you imagine yeah. how they're regretting that now? Man, I, wow. I, got a, I, I heard a story about a guy who got offered a hard drive with 500 Bitcoins for $500. You know, like whatever that was, eight years ago, something Good like that. Good Lord. And he said, he said, no, it sounds like a scam. What a waste of 500 bucks. But you know what? I guarantee you. Now, I have a little more knowledge than, than, than that. I would know that that's not a scam. I would definitely look into it. But I can think of people like my wife, for example. She thinks all this stuff that you and I are talking about right now is a bunch of hocus pocus voodoo. It's all a scam. It's too good to be true. And there are a lot of people out there who think that way. And I wonder if it's because now you, you said earlier that, that cryptocurrency can level and, and NFTs can level the playing field. And I mm-hmm. see that, but I also see if I can be a little skeptical now, I also see the other side of it that, uh, you know, a bit Bitcoin costs what around 50 some thousand dollars that mm-hmm. makes it quite exclusive to most people. So most people are not going to, be able to relate to that. Most people are going to think a lot of negative or they're going to think it's a scam. You, you see yes. that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. But the beauty of Bitcoin is that you don't need to own one Bitcoin. You know, it's divisible up into, you know, like one millionth. So you, you might only want to buy 1% of a Bitcoin. You know, maybe you just want to put in, you know, a little bit and own 10% of a Bitcoin. Yeah. You don't have to buy the whole Bitcoin. You know? Now, my question to you is, do you think that I already knew that? Or do you think I'm hearing that for the first time? That I, you think can you act- I, think, I think you knew that. <laughs> I think you knew that. But, you know, a lot of people don't know that. No, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, coming at my wife sideways because she said that to me once. There's no way we would ever be able to buy a Bitcoin because I think at that time they cost like thirty thousand dollars or something and she's like yeah. there's no, and i try to explain to her that there's different you know increments different percentages of a bitcoin and she just but but that that speaks to that speaks to the uh the mystery around cryptocurrency for most people in the street yeah it, it does and i i would say i would say this on what you just said about you and your wife and the help, help me out now because she will cut me if I do the wrong thing. Yeah, but, I bet she will. So help me I bet out. She now. will. <laughs> it, you don't need to own one whole Bitcoin to be wealthy in right. 10 years. Right. I think in 10 years, if you own one Bitcoin, you're in the 0.0000001% of the people in the world. 
And that's just when you have a look at like a population of 8 billion people around the planet and you divide that by 21 million, there's literally not enough Bitcoins for everyone. So the value of 1% of a Bitcoin, 2% of a Bitcoin is going to be astronomical compared to what it is now. And that's what makes it so attractive to me. But again, I, I fear it. I yeah. fear it, but I am a seeker of information in all things and specifically in everything that has to do with Bitcoin, NFTs and whatnot. I see this as something that um, with a little education on the subject, I'll lose that fear. I think I'll keep a healthy anticipation, but I will lose my fear of getting, uh, of investing in that. And then I'll take my first step in there. And I, I can think that it would be, it's, it's going to be quite the journey once I get started. I think so. And, you know, if you're somebody that is interested in technology, if you're somebody that sees a potential vision of the future, which is more online, which is more interconnected, which is more digital, if you think that that is the future, then once you start looking into this world, you're going to find a lot of incredibly passionate, intelligent people solving a lot of problems. And some of those problems you're going to really connect with, and then you're going to want to invest in some of those people and some of those tokens. And, and I think that is the best strategy, you know, maybe something like something like you, you might say, you know, what, I really love what this decentralized Spotify is doing. I believe in their vision. I'm an artist. I, I produce music. I'm going to put a little bit of money into that. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, I think people are going to start looking at not just Bitcoin, but they're going to start looking at these altcoins, these other types of coins, which represent different solutions. Now, you, you mentioned that each um, that there are different marketplaces for um, and, and each marketplace has its own currency, correct? So yeah. Bitcoin cannot be used everywhere. If I want to make an NFT, for example, and I want to put it up on a specific marketplace, then I have to buy into that marketplace's currency, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And the, the number one currency at the moment for paying for these NFTs is Ethereum. And Ethereum, Ethereum yes. Ethereum. So I that's saw the, that. it's the second most popular, or I wouldn't say popular, it's the second most valuable cryptocurrency by by market cap. So there's a certain amount of money into Bitcoin, and then the second amount of money is into Ethereum. Is it true that, well, before I ask that, let me ask you this. As, as much more of an expert than I am in cryptocurrency, uh, if you were my crypto advisor and you see what I'm doing, I'm doing a podcast uh, I'm a musician, I'm a writer, and let's say I'm also thinking about getting into painting, okay? So of those four artistic mediums, which one do you think is the most, is the wisest one of the four to get into NFT and cryptocurrency with? What were the options again? <laughs> I talk too much. Music? Um, writing, you know, blogging, writing, yeah. uh, my podcast and traditional art painting. Hmm. Because I've seen, there. because I've seen uh, a lot of painters that will have a digital image. Sometimes they're, they're animated 
Sometimes yeah. it's just a still picture. Yeah. And then I, like I said, I got really fascinated by that, that musician who, who made over a million dollars in profit in, in less than a month. Mm. Uh, you know, so what, what artistic minded people, what can, what, what should we do? Which one is the most, the, think, the, the wisest, the wisest medium to dip into? I, th I think that that's not even an economic question. I, I, I think that like as artists, you should just always, you just always focus on, I think you should just focus on the expression that is best for that medium. So I think if you wanted to express yourself via music, then do that. If you wanted to express yourself by podcast or writing or songs, then focus on that. If you wanted to turn that, if you wanted to monetize that, if you thought, okay, my goal is I've got this art, how do I sell it? Then I would say like currently at the moment, there seems to be a very big focus on music and digital art. But yeah. I think that the future is probably going to, it's going to like, it, I don't think it's there yet. I, I don't think there's like a, digital a popular digital marketplace for blogging that's decentralized so that could be something that's definitely coming and i think that i don't i haven't seen anyone for for podcasts yet either i mean unless it gets listed on that audience platform which yeah. it might yeah. i haven't seen that coming so you know you know the thing the thing that is for me that is incredibly important about like this space as well it's not where the puck is, it's where the puck is going to be. Where it's going to be. You have to anticipate the movement. Yeah. I think so. I think you got to, you got to do that. But at the moment, we know that like music is getting popular. We know that art is popular at the moment. And, uh, you know, there's, these other things are coming, you know, there's, a, there's an entire NFT token based around selling fonts. You know? Yeah. I like, saw that too. Yeah. You're right. And you know, this is something that's very interesting as well because NFT can bring a lot of equality to any industry, okay? You're probably, prob um, you may start seeing something like an NFT-based porn site, okay? If somebody if somebody had an NFT-based porn site, okay, because let's just have a quick look at like how much money flows into the porn industry online every year. I think conservatively, it's $10 billion, something like that. Yeah. And it's difficult to get these exact figures, but I think it's ranged between six, seven billion and twenty-five billion. That sounds about right. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking it money, is. and there's a lot of data and there's a lot of traffic that flows to porn sites. Okay, now just like with musicians, who's making all of this money? Is it the is it the, the actors? Is it the stars? It's definitely not. It's these centralized website businesses like YouPorn, Pornhub, Brazzers, whatever you name them. And they are all making a fuck ton of money off people's porn videos that they're not even getting paid for. Right. Okay. Right. So you, you could have a look at a possible solution for evening the playing field in such a massive industry as pornography through the NFT marketplace. You know, you you could you you could wow. you could you could create an NFT adult industry where people can upload their own content and get paid for that directly yes and if you're a fan of a particular girl or a particular guy or a particular producer you could then say for example let's say you you, you want to buy that video and that video is yours okay and then she's producing all these different videos every day or he is and then maybe you have that video you know you jerk off to it 50 times and then you go i don't want this anymore i'm gonna sell it on yes. I'm gonna, you know i'm gonna sell it on and in that stage the the video might have 
more value, the girl or the guy might be producing more and better content, get a bigger name. So that is just a, another way to look at how you can even the playing field in any different sector, any sector. And, and, that, and that is so fast, that potential evening of the, of the playing field, that potential uh, monetization of personal artistic content fascinates me. Hey man, I think too. I think we should combine our talents, okay? You're the you're the film you're the film guy, okay? Yeah. So you can film the porno. Uh, how about I go out and find the talent and we just see what we can get going here with the NFT we're porn. Gonna, we're gonna make a fortune. <laughs> no, so when you ask me that question about where you should focus, you know what what should you do? You know, it, it comes down to you as like as an artist. It comes down to your goals. Do you want to try to make a bunch of money? And if you're an innovative person, if you're a person that's listening to this and you have ideas, if you start thinking, fuck, I can literally digitize any industry. And know? that's and that's why I, I wanted so much to have you on so that we can spread this message out there to people. I see it every day, especially on Instagram, artists of all kinds, whether they're musicians or a traditional painter or whatever, they're struggling to get their content out there. Um, yeah. look at the stand-up world, you know, they're yep. struggling to find new ways to get their stand-up material out there. Yeah. And then, and then this whole thing with NFTs and the whole crypto world, it, it just opens up a whole, I, I have a curiosity for it that I didn't think I would be able to have. Cause most of these things are, like I say, it's all witchcraft and, 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 and far in the future kind of stuff to me, but this really captured my attention. And then well, again, you know what, why it, I think it captures your attention because you believe in people, because you believe in what is right, and you know that something is fucking wrong when artists are getting shanked. If I was going to be, money. if I was going to be any kind of an activist, I would be a uh, an artist rights activist. Mm -hmm. um, it hurts me to my soul to see musicians getting. I mean, they're just getting their pants yanked down, and, and the record companies are just having their way with them. Exactly. And if it's not the record companies, it's the streaming platforms who I think are even partly owned by the record yeah. companies. I was just going to say, you know, I can't say record company without saying streaming platform. And I can't say streaming platform without saying record company. They, they're, you know, they're hand in hand in this thing when it comes to screwing over the artist. Exactly. And it's just a fucking scam. And it's a, you know, I'd say like, you can apply this to any art form. You know, the artists that make music are getting fucked. I would say like even people on YouTube who are creating content are getting fucked. You know, like they're getting such small numbers. Did you hear that? Uh, now, I don't know if this is uh, if this is an urban legend, if it's some kind of uh, conspiracy theory thing, but I heard that the United States government, the IRS, is going to start sending... Um, sending income statements out to any YouTuber that makes over a certain amount of money, regardless of what country they're in, the U S government is going to try and tax YouTubers for using this format that American, mostly American viewers are watching. Yeah. Good luck with that. Absolutely disgusting. And I hope, you know, here I am, I'm living in Norway. Well, it doesn't count cause I'm, I'm an American citizen, but, um, Let's, you know, any Norwegian living here in Norway, and if they have American viewers, and I know some Norwegian YouTubers who do have quite a few, several hundred thousand Definitely. American viewers, I hope that the Norwegian government steps in if the USA tries to tax those, those Norwegian citizens. Yeah, Isn't that disgusting? 
Yeah, I've heard it from I've heard it from several reputable news sources. I saw it on CNN. I saw it on the Daily Beast, and I actually saw a couple of videos from YouTubers on, on YouTube talking about it. So it seems to be some truth in this. Not that they are doing it, but that they're going to try and do it. But, you know, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. It's people just reaching into content creators. Well, it's another infringement of artist rights. It's yet exactly. another infringement on artist rights. And and this is this is the whole argument as well for a decentralized yes. platform which distributes content and money flowing into that content equally. I like the idea of being able to sit here in my home, in my studio, and and write a new song, and I decide from that point going forward exactly what happens with that song how I choose to monetize it and who I choose to go into cooperation with right it's very empowering it is yeah and and it it's just fair like it, it makes <laughs> isn't it's just right you know, it's you, just don't, right. you shouldn't even have to argue for it it's like hey man it's the right thing to do I mean it's the right thing to do yeah. I mean you're producing the artwork like you are the one that people are connecting with and there's just this thing in the middle which connects artists with the listener yeah and that thing is taking 99 percent of the money and i understand that it's important to have that thing in the middle i get it but maybe that thing can be a much fairer thing maybe that thing can be decentralized maybe yeah. that thing doesn't need to have like these guys that are making astronomical amounts of money at the top Maybe that thing doesn't need to just try to take as much cash at every single level as they possibly can. And that's what happens when you have centralized organizations. Their entire goal is not equality. Their entire goal is to increase their profits every single year. Yeah. You know, And look, you know, the thing that's happening in America at the moment, it seems like there's just a radical distribution of wealth that's happening. Yeah. I feel like the, the lower class, the middle class, they're just getting sh shook down. You know, you're, you're looking at people like these multimillionaires, they're just making more and more money. Yeah. You know, the, the money is flowing. This is where I think the money is flowing from. The money is flowing from the eradicating middle class, you know, the decreasing middle class is flowing out of their pockets, is flowing from the lower class people's pockets, is flowing into the ultra wealthy. And guess where they're putting it? They're putting it into crypto. They're putting it into digital assets. I don't know the numbers, but uh, Facebook, um, Amazon, they have uh, record-setting profits over this past year. Yeah. While, while, yeah, Spotify as well, uh, yeah. while the American people have record-setting poverty. Yeah. So there's something yeah. wrong There's something wrong with that. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be some kind of communist, you know. The, I, I'm not going to say there's something inherently wrong with capitalism, but currently there's something wrong with the way capitalism is being practiced. Man, it's fucking bullshit. Especially when, when, when the leader, when the leading nation of all things capitalism has a poverty rate that it has, something is wrong with the way capitalism is being is being practiced. When the leading nation for capitalism has food lines stretching, you know, out of sight, you can't even see the end of the food lines. Hundreds, thousands of cars lined up in places around the USA for people to get food when that's happening at the same time as the top businessmen in the, in the United States have record setting profits. There's, there's something wrong with the way capitalism is being practiced. And I think cryptocurrency, I think this thing with NFTs 
can be a way for the average Joe. I'm just an average Joe. You're a slightly above average Joe, but we're, we're just we're av we're average people. And here's an opportunity for us. Um, what I like about what you're doing is you're showing people that this opportunity is nothing to fear. Again, me being the guy who's a little bit shy of new technology, new uh, new new methods. Yeah. So that's why I like what you're doing. You're showing people that there's nothing to fear. There's a way to get into this and gain knowledge. Yeah, there is. There's, there's a way to get into it and to gain knowledge. And this is basically my job. It's my, I, I wake up every morning at five o'clock. I do two hours of crypto review. And then I, I go to my other job and then I get back at three or four o'clock and I do another two or three hours of crypto. So I'm constantly learning and i'm constantly following at least the, the coins and the trends of things that i'm interested in nobody can be an expert at everything in crypto there's just there's, there's thousands of coins there's just too much but what i what i've done is i've like you know there's certain solutions to problems that i'm interested in that i that i follow and there's certain like bigger macro trends that i focus mm -hmm. on and so i i i, I dive deep into smaller things. And then for other things, I take a bigger, you know, longer time frame approach. How isolated are you when you are researching and learning about this? Or have you made a lot of, you know, is there a lot of networking? Have you met a lot of new people because of your interest for crypto? I, I have met a lot of people. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an active member in many communities. So there's a payoff in not sitting alone in front of your computer. There's a payoff in actually networking because there's knowledge to gain from others, right? Yeah. So like it's, it's, you got to do both. So the, the way I do things is I wake up very early in the morning because the children are asleep. My girlfriend's asleep. I have five to seven as the time where I can concentrate with deep analytical thought. You know, I wake up and I get a coffee and then I have a shower and then I sit down and my job starts at five. And that's it. And from five that's, until seven. That's interesting. You refer to it as your job. This isn't a no. hobby. This isn't no, no, something no. you're doing for fun. This mm -hmm. is something where you are investing time, thought, feelings. Uh, you're trying to expand your knowledge. And what is your goal? What would you say your goal is for doing this? Financial freedom. Financial freedom. Yeah, even the playing field. My grandmother used to say money will not pay for happiness, but right. yeah. it will pay for the search. Yeah, it will. Money is and important. I've been happier with more money than I have been with little money. Yeah. You know, the thing that I see a lot in Norway with my friends in Australia, less now in Australia, but I got a lot of, you know, I'm still a very active member in the jujitsu community in the stand up community. And I got a lot of gym own. I got a lot of friends that own gyms in different parts of America and they've been shut down for a year. Yeah. They lost their business, man. Yeah. You it's know, sad. Uh, it's sad. I got a lot, a lot of buddies that like, you know, they were war veterans. They came back, they, they got their black belts, they opened schools and uh, they just, they can't earn any money. And, uh, they, you know, people have to turn to something else to yes. feed their families. Yeah. And so they've got to look to alternatives. Yeah. And one of those alternatives that they've been able to look to is cryptocurrency. You know, it's an investment that's been paying off over time. And it, it, the numbers are astronomical. The astronomical numbers. It doesn't even make sense. You know, you've got these coins that have grown like thousands of percents in the last year. 
Ethereum in particular, am I pronouncing it right? Ethereum? Yeah, Yeah. Ethereum. Ethereum in in particular, you know, everybody, you know, Bitcoin is the buzz. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've actually heard more talk about Ethereum over the past year than I have Bitcoin. Yeah, you know, Ethereum has outperformed Bitcoin in the last year. And then there are other coins which have outperformed Ethereum. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you have a look at like the top 50 coins, Ethereum and Bitcoin are like the top 50 performing coins. You know, Bitcoin might have performed, you know, like Bitcoin might be number five, not number six, but there are other coins that have done many, many, many magnitudes of like performance better. So, so they're solving different problems, newer problems. Now, when you say solving problems, how, how does Ethereum, for example, solve a problem? Well, Ethereum solves a problem where people want to pay for things on a network. So, like, you're not, people aren't really paying for things with Bitcoin. But what Ethereum seems to be able to do is it creates a network, say, for example, like a, uh, like a, maybe you can have a look at it like this. Like, Ethereum might be like a, a giant mall. Think of Ethereum as a big mall. And then you have all of these shops renting space inside of that mall where customers go inside of and buy things. Right. But the currency that they're using inside of these shops is Ethereum. Okay. So, you know, that's a very simplified way of like having a look at it. Isn't Ethereum the one that's most popular with NFTs? That's correct. So if you're going to buy an NFT, the currency that you're going to use to pay for that NFT is Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it has a... Whereas, like, say, for example, Bitcoin is a store of gold, Ethereum is, at the moment, a working tradable currency. It's a coin that you buy things with. I just think that's fascinating. It is fascinating. And it's... the opportunities are endless. You endless. could, you could, You could make and market just about anything and make it into an NFT format and then yeah. sell it and then you control it. Yeah, you, you, can, you can do whatever you want. And then... Like it's... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to say, like, anybody listening can have a good idea. And you could even create a shop on this Ethereum network that you can sell something that hasn't even been thought of to be sold yet. Yeah. And that is the true power of cryptocurrency. Yeah. It's empowering that you can sell things in existing stores, you know, like music or artwork. Yeah. But it's also incredibly empowering that you can create your own shop. I saw a YouTube video when I was first looking into all this. Um, some guy, and I believe he was using Ethereum, and he made a, uh, it's like an animated PDF type of thing that he made into an NFT. And it was a little guy on a motorcycle that went down in a tube and then popped up on the other side and then down in a tube and popped up on the other side. Yeah. Okay. That's all it was. And it had yeah. some cool music. The whole thing was like on a, maybe, maybe a, maybe a eight to 10 second loop with cool music in the background. And he made this NFT in a couple of days, this guy had a $60,000 profit. Yeah. Right. And he, if I, if I understood it correctly, he made it so that other people can sell I think he put like five of them out there mm-hmm. and people could sell them, but he controlled how much of the, the proceeds came back to him. I think he set it for 15%. Yep. And yep. in just a day or two, $60,000. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. So empowering. Yeah. And you this know? guy, this guy was just a, he was a, um, he was your average um, Instagram artist 
would make little animated things, usually with humor and just, you know, just trying to entertain himself and his Instagram following. And all yeah. he did was take that art because it sounds a little silly. Some people are like, oh my gosh, is that art? Well, yes, it is art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy made it, he created it, and he just took it from his Instagram and put it into the NFT format yeah. in some marketplace. And I believe it was Ethereum that was the currency that he used. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, amazing. It is. It's amazing. But it's following this macro trend that we're seeing of things yeah. being digitized. And you, you see it more and more. Like people are spending more and more time online. You know, like we used to play a lot more games outside. Now that's all online. Yeah. You know, we used to, it's just, it's yeah. it, everything. Banking used to go in with a check. It's all online. You know, communication is all online. So, so, if, a, so if a client yeah. comes to you then, Inia, and they want help to get yeah. into this, Mm-hmm. Um, you take a fee to, to teach them, but then how much money do they need to invest? I mean, is there a, is there a bottom end amount that they need to invest in cryptocurrency? No, no, they can get no. in at any level, any level. You can get in with 20 bucks. No problem. And, and, and that clears up a preconceived notion that a lot of average people have is that you have to have astronomical amounts of, you know, again, they hear that a Bitcoin, one Bitcoin is worth forty, fifty thousand $50,000. And I think that excludes them from getting into the crypto market. No. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Just to put it in like a little bit of perspective. Uh, I know a guy in 2017, he had 5,000 bucks, but had he put that 5,000 bucks into crypto. Now it's, worth $190,000. That's absolutely amazing. It is. It's absolutely amazing. And it like it follows a logical progression. Like it's not like it's not hocus pocus. Like it's not like some big Ponzi scheme, some scam. Like it's, it's a legitimate follow- market. It's a legitimate market with more and more user cases added every day. And what is happening now is that it's starting. It's not yet. It is not yet, but it's starting to become mainstream. Yes. And you're seeing this with like Snoop Dogg releasing NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean like all of what is happening is all of these artists are bringing attention into the crypto space through NFTs. So you could be some guy who just is a Snoop Dogg fan. You never heard of, you don't never been interested in cryptocurrency. All of a sudden, like, you know, your favorite rapper has his own NFT. You go, fuck, what's this NFT thing? And then you look into it and then it introduces you to cryptocurrency. And then you go, you know what? I got an extra 500 bucks. I'm going to put that into Ethereum. And then the market cap of Ethereum increases, and then everybody that holds Ethereum tokens gets a little richer. Yeah. So that's what's happening. So that's what's happening now. So more and more people are getting exposed to cryptocurrency through different ways. And look, Snoop Dogg and artists like that, they're just the tip of the iceberg. They'd be at the absolute, like that, that is nothing. The huh? real wave that is coming is through gaming. The real uh. NFT wave is through NFTs being purchased for gamers, and there are fucking hundreds of millions of gamers around the world. Well, the gaming industry is a big, big, huge pot of money. Bigger than Hollywood, <laughs> so, bigger yeah. than everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, you're seeing what is happening now is you're seeing, and this is a problem that's getting solved. Okay, so people that are investing hundreds of hours into games, they want to buy unique NFT 
costumes or swords or knife skins, things like that, that they can then apply to their character. And then maybe their character gets like a particular hat or a shirt or a gun or whatever. And then they're going to play with that. And then they're going to go, you know what? I'm going to sell this on. And then they're going to go back to the NFT marketplace and sell it. And maybe yeah. it's increased in value. It's just fascinating. Uh, one, one more question about the process, the investment process. Uh, are there any difficulties in converting cryptocurrency to cold, hard cash? It's one thing to have these assets built up in your crypto account, but it's another to be able to use it to, uh, you know, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're an artist who is currently without a gig, uh, you still have to buy food, you still have to pay your rent. So you need cold, hard cash for that. Are there any difficulties yeah. in that conversion? No, not really. There's not, there's not. I've taken, there's no, there's no, there's no difficulties. What usually happens is that people, and, and this happens with me and happens with everybody that I know, is that once you put your money into a growing asset, like a digital asset, you actually don't really want to spend it because you know that it's only going to increase in value. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I live very modestly. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't spend money. Again, on as we said earlier, we're talking, this is a long-term investment. It is a long-term yeah. investment, but if you did need to get your money out for whatever reason, and you, you need to, you can get a credit card that is connected to your cryptocurrency account. Oh, really? It's, yeah, no problem. So you can get like a Visa card that directly links up to your exchange that holds your cryptocurrency. So you can spend that wherever Visa is accepted all around the world. No problem. Wow. A Visa card that is connected to a crypto account. Yeah, that's what okay. you can do. But what you're going to do, and I know this is what happens. You're <laughs> going to be somewhere and you're going to see something and you're going to go, do I really want to spend my Bitcoin on this pair of jeans yeah. and you're going to go, if I, this pair of jeans might cost me a hundred bucks, but that 100 bucks in five years could be a hundred thousand thousand. <laughs> you know yeah. what? The jeans that I'm wearing are pretty good. I'm going to well, fuck it. I tell you, it will, it will, uh, if you're smart, it will make you think twice about how you use your money. And, yes. and let's face it, most people in the Western world, let's say most people here in Norway and in the United States and, and possibly back in Australia could learn a lesson around wisely spending their money. We spend yeah. it on a lot of stupid stuff that really doesn't further our, our happiness at all. No, it doesn't. And it really, like, I know, I know people with a lot of money that have made a lot of money through cryptocurrency. And that you would, you would never know, know it. it. You would never know it. Yeah. And they don't even want to spend it. You know, they have like more money than you could possibly imagine. And they, they live like they're wearing the same sneakers <laughs> that they had three years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're walking, they're on shitty bicycles. And like the money's there as comfort. You know, they have it there. But they're just, a lot of them, at least anyway, they're just, it's not like you don't need to be jealous of them because no. they don't have anything. You know, like, fuck, you probably got more shit than they do. You know, I, and I could, I think I have too much mess sitting around here in this house. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not the kind of guy, you know, I, I get some extra money and, and I start thinking about buying a car. That's not me. No. I, I don't, you know, if I get extra money, it's kind of like, 
okay, well, that's nice. It's not like it opens my mind up, oh, now I have to spend more. But unfortunately, no. a lot of us in Western culture do think that way. You get more money, you feel like you have to spend it. And that is part of the scam. Yes. That is part of the redistribution of wealth yes. from the middle and the lower class up into the higher class that are selling you all that shit that you don't need. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, that's part of the hustle. It is. And, and that's why another reason why cryptocurrency helps open your eyes up to that bullshit, because you realize that the money that you have invested in crypto is only going to increase more the less you actually spend it. Right, right. So it kind of, it, it, it flips your mindset. It, well, it's an bit. eye opener. And, and it's a shame that people aren't better educated in finance. Oh my God. Because I think that's what it comes down to. It's a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of education. I, I've always thought, not always, but I've thought for a long time that, that um, financial education should be a part of a school curriculum. I should I be teaching right. kids that stuff from like junior high and then all the way through high school. Think, Why not? I think I should. And you know, you know, like a lot of the times you don't have, you don't have time to think about this shit. Right. You know, you wake up, you fucking, you dress the kids, you get them to school, you, you drive 20 minutes to work, you work all day, you come back, you, you make dinner, you're, you're tired. You know, maybe you watch a fucking episode of your favorite show, you go to bed. Yeah. You know, like the way that the system is set up is not designed to give you an uh, abundance of time to reflect on your financial situation. Yeah. Like you just got to pay those bills and you, you got to get it done. But like, if you had this financial knowledge from like a kid and if you had people like just trying to explain things to you in like a logical way that makes sense, that yeah. is designed to look after you, not yes. to look after society, not to look after the economy of the state that you live in, but to look after you, just, just you, yeah. then everybody would be better off as individuals. You know, I bump heads with some conservative American friends and acquaintances back home and uh, some of them are very quick to say, you know, hey, I'm going to take care of me and mine first. Um, uh, and then after that, uh, my, my loyalty is to the, to the nation. And they kind of skip over that thing about loyalty to their fellow man. Um, I don't think it's this filthy communist way of thinking to say that the weakest of us, if we were to make them stronger, it will then benefit the greater society. The nation. Yeah, I, and, I think so. And, and I think yeah. that financial freedom and financial education is a big part of that strengthening of the weakest of us. Yep, it is. Yeah. It, it, it is. If people don't have to... Um, there's a, there's a it, selfishness. There's a conservative selfishness that permeates. Uh, I mean, it, it's just kind of bled through the greater society in, in the U.S. They're at least talking very loud. And they're so selfish and any thought about helping the lesser of us is looked at as some communist thing, anti-American and whatnot. I say it should be flipped. And yeah. the American thing should be to take care of each and every American as good as we can. And that doesn't mean we remove personal responsibility, you know? No, no, no. But, but opportunities to learn about finance and then opportunities to practice finance in, finance in such a way that you can benefit yourself and your family. That, to me, is true capitalism. Because the, the weakest of us, if we're stronger, we're just going to help the entire nation. We're going to help the entire economy. The economy exactly. is shaky because there's only a few people that can take part in it at the moment. That's what makes the economy so shaky. 
Yeah, it is. Imagine if you had all of those people who were, you know, like at the lower end of society, fully educated and uh, working and paying taxes and uh, innovating and thinking differently and adding value to their community. And crypto is a way of going, uh, is a way of making that happen. Yeah. It is because it, it really, the thing with crypto is it kind of makes you your own bank. Yeah. You know, it makes you your own investment kind of uh, advisor. Yeah. You know, like you got to start looking at things from from your own perspective. And w- what happens in crypto is you, you know, you put a dollar in, you turn it into two. You know, you go, all right, fuck that works. I'm going to take out my second dollar, leave the first dollar in there. Where, where else should I put it? That's yeah. good. And then you start doing your own research and you start thinking, oh, this solves a problem that I'm interested in that I think has a future. How many different types of cryptocurrency or how many crypto markets are you currently invested in? Um, you mean like different kind? I, I would say like I, I probably have maybe around – Ooh, 25 to 30 different oh, wow. tokens. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but I, uh, I I believe in most of them, you know, mm-hmm. I do. But I, I, I have a very, you know, I have a very different strategy for all of them. Not all of them, but this, I group them into different things. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I have some that are in like very stable, safe bets. You know, those are like the coins that, you know, you, you yeah. know, the, the good ones, the ones that you bring home to your mom. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and then I have some like real long shot coins, like some okay. real sketchy, you know, who yeah. knows which way this could go. You know, like, wow, I don't know. Like, yeah. so I have some coins like that as well. And there's a chance that they're going to tank and do nothing. But there's also a chance that if they succeed, like, I mean, they're going to go up yeah. two, three, four, five hundred percent. Yeah. Maybe more, maybe a thousand percent, maybe 10,000 percent. Let me ask you this. What made you want to help other people get their foot in the door? My mom. Uh, can, my you, mom. can you explain? Yeah. So I, uh, my, my mom, my mom is back in Australia and she, uh, you know, she's getting a little bit older and you know, she's, you know, in her seventies and she's, you know, she's still working, you know, she's like, uh, you know, she's, yeah, she's she's doing what she has to do, and uh, yeah, she has a little bit of money, and you know, it's just kind of sitting there. And she's, you know, I tried to tell her now's a good time to maybe put some cash into this investment that I think is probably going to do well. And you know, she wouldn't, she didn't, she didn't believe me. You know, she didn't think she she thought that like it was all a scam, and she yeah. thought that it was. She, that it was not going to go anywhere. And then, um, you common know, eventually, reaction. common reaction, it's very common, uh-huh. very common. And then she tried to do it by herself and like, she couldn't do it. She ran into, you know, several of these obstacles and then, you know, it just kind of like, I just saw, I was like, Oh, you really need help. You yeah. need, like you need help to do this. And, you know, you can definitely figure out how to buy cryptocurrency by yourself and you can figure out your own strategies and you can do that. Like, no problem. You can do that. But for some people, they definitely benefit from all of the experience and knowledge and the help that I can provide them. And I've, yeah. I've seen that with a bunch of people, you know, and I help a lot of people that are interested in getting into this space. And I've kind of like figured out a way which is going to get them into, I would say like 
the greatest game in town in a safe way and I can explain things to them in a way that's going to protect them and that is going to empower them to make their own decisions and it's going to empower them to understand what is happening in a very short, concise amount of time. And, you know, I, I charge a very minor fee. You know, I, I charge 10% of one Ethereum token, which is about 200 bucks or 1,700 kroners. And, uh, you know, I would say that, like, you're probably going to make that back in the next day. Yeah. yeah, you know, and people spend that much in a, in a, a three-day weekend out at the bars, at least, at least that much. So it's yeah. not a big investment, but the potential... <sighs> The, the potential the, gain is enormous. The but, potential gain is, in, is, is astronomical. Like you can't, you, you, you wouldn't understand how much you can increase your wealth yeah. if you just had to like look at it from the outside. But once you're from the inside and if you have somebody like me who can explain how it all works and teach you about what investment is going to be safe but still increase but at a slower rate, what coin is a little bit less safe, but it's going to like increase at a greater amount. What yeah. you, what you could look at to try to like how to do research on, you know, these different coins for yourself, how to analyze a team that's behind things, you know, just yeah. a lot of like, stuff that I've spent fucking hundreds of hours figuring out. Yeah. And I think that like what I can do for people is I can just get them started in a safe way and almost contribute to their own economic freedom. Well, that sounds incredibly attractive. I mean, there's really a very little reason for people to not at least look into this. Um, look into it. You know, look, I'm, look. I'm looking into it. Like I said, when I saw when I found out you were offering this, I had to, I had to contact you and I did. <laughs> and here we are yeah. talking about it. That's how interested I am. Um, let me ask you this, though, in these days of isolation and quarantine, um, how what, what kind of format are you using to teach people? How does the teaching process go? Is it a series of phone calls or is it one sit down with a video conference or how, how, are, how do you do it? It's a video conference that lasts about two hours. So it's 90 minutes, two hours, and uh, we just do it like via video. And some people book a session and- Screen then, sharing and all of that? Yeah, 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 we, you know, it's uh, different people prefer different methods. Yeah. You know, I often use like Microsoft Teams and send them a link or Zoom, something like that. Yeah. And then um, I, uh, I, I, I help them visit uh, open accounts on safe exchanges, uh, teach them like how to store their cryptocurrency in a safe way, what wallets to use, how to protect their passwords, um, how to protect their assets in case things take a drastic crash, uh, yeah. with stop losses, things like that. Uh, how to start looking into different types of coins that they might be interested in based on the time frame. So, you know, I have one friend who is, uh, she's traveling at the moment. She has enough money to last for a year. And she said, what can I invest in so that I can travel for two years? You see, I started smiling right away. Just the idea of someone being out on the road, they're traveling, they have enough money to live for a year and not have to worry about income. What a, I mean, what a life. What a life. What a life. 
What a life. And I'm helping Don't, don't we her. all deserve that? Don't we all deserve that? Oh, Good look, God. I think, I think we do. And, you know, one, one thing that I did when I was 21 was I went backpacking for two years. It's very common for Australia to, Australians to be gone for that long. Walkabout. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I spent a lot of time just traveling around the world, just different parts of South and Central America and Europe and Asia. And it's like, it's the most, it's the most liberating feeling you can have. I can imagine. So when I have this friend, this girl who's saying, I've got the money for one year. Is there anything I can do to get money for two years? Yeah. And the answer is yes, there is. Yeah, you can. You can invest your money in these incredibly growing assets and uh, you can you can stay out there on the road longer. Oh, it's just uh, it's yeah. it's, do, it's doable. People just have to dare to take that step, you know. And a lot of it is just having the guts to take a step in a new direction. And I can identify with that uh, on a lot of different levels. But just the fact that I and when I moved here to Norway and the circumstances in which uh, I found myself in when Snoopy and I moved here from the states. That was something, when I look back on it, I'm like, oh my God, I was crazy. Mm. You know, the guts it took to do that under those circumstances. But yeah, it was crazy. And yeah, it took a lot of guts, but I did it. And yep. it, wasn't, it wasn't painful. I didn't suffer physically because of it. Um, you know, there was some hardship and some adjustment, but all that did was lead to more growth, which made me a better person. Yep. And I can't help but look at this whole thing with stepping into cryptocurrency as a new i mean it's literally a new step in an unknown platform for me or for that other person out there uh and why not just do it why not just give it a shot instead of wondering about it forever like i very well could have done if i hadn't seen your your uh, information about you having this this course um why not just step into it and do it instead of wondering about it forever just do it yeah, just just do it. Step into it and do it. And like, if you if you do it by yourself, if you look into it, if you have the time and you want to invest into it, definitely do that. If you want help, if you want somebody who can give you some kind of mental tools, who can give you some perspective, who can save a lot of hours of your own research, then you can contact me, and I'd be happy to help you take the first few steps into what is potentially your economic freedom. Now, when I uh, post this episode, I'm going to uh, tag you on it and people will see your contact information and whatnot. But can you tell them uh, here on, on video where they can find you? Yeah. Um, so you can, um, I'm on Instagram, Inia James. You can just send me a DM or you can send me a DM on Facebook, Inia James. Um, or you can send me an email, James at gmail.com. So it's basically, oh, you can tweet at me at Inia James. You know, it's basically Inia James across the board. Every Simple. every platform you can think of, there, there I am. Inia James, I-N-I-A, James, J-A-M-E-S, for you non-English speakers out there. Inia you non-English speaking fuck. You non-English speaking. <laughs> hey, man, I was on a uh, Norwegian podcast uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, they actually recorded it a couple of days ago, three days ago, but oh my gosh, did I really feel the struggle to speak Norwegian for almost an hour? I'm not sure exactly how they clipped it up and how long the episode was, but we were on the phone uh, for that episode for about an hour. And that is probably the most Norwegian I've spoken in the past year because, you know, with, with, with uh, isolation and quarantine and whatnot, I've been at home and 
we just speak English here at home. And man, I really felt that language thing. Yeah. How did you do? Was it a, was I did well. I did well. It was a good podcast. Um, it's called uh, Krieg of Fred, uh, War okay. and Peace. Uh, it's a Norwegian podcast that NRK uh, supervises. And they were asking me a lot of questions about police work, about the George Floyd uh, murder and the, the, the current trial and things like that. So that's right up my alley to talk about, you know, police. You know, I'm a former cop and all that stuff. So right up my alley to talk about all that stuff is a, a lot of fun to do. And and when people ask me my opinion, oh, boy, can I talk. <laughs> so oh, I, yeah, I, I had it going for a, for a good amount of time. It was a great, great experience. Great experience. Yeah, okay. I'm going to check it out. I would like to hear that. I'll, I'll send you a link. I'll drop you a link. Yeah, yeah do it. I, yeah. I want to I listen. Krieg Ofred, you know, if you're not uh, a, a Norwegian speaker, if you don't understand Norwegian, there's no sense in listening to it because it's all in Norwegian. But for those of you here in Norway or other places who do speak Norwegian, Krieg Ofred is the name of the podcast, and it's uh, under the NRK umbrella. There, a little, little cool. advertisement for my uh, outside activities there. I had to, had to yeah, throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff. So... When, when are we going to make that porn movie? I, I, I see us, uh, I see you filming it. I see me being the talent scout. I think my job will be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then we throw that, we throw that what son of a gun up on, uh, yeah, throw that son of a gun out there in the crypto world and see what we can do. Dude, we're going to have some <laughs> NFT porn. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready whenever you are. Let's do it. Let's oh get this God, thing going. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. But you know, man, look, this is, you know, this whole, you know, this whole journey into the crypto world, into equality, into digital assets, into the future of money, into independent financial freedom, into entrepreneurship, into, you know, like this, the transition from uh, being at the mercy of the bank to being your own bank. It's such an empowering thing. It so, really is. It, it really is. is. So if, if you, if anybody is listening out there, if anybody has an idea for something that they think could be interested in the digital space, if anybody's interested in creating some kind of new forum, the opportunity for doing something like that is amazing. And yeah. it seems like the business model is just finding something that exists in the real world and digitizing it and adding a layer of decentralization and equality. Yeah. And if you can do that, if, you, if you're at home and you're thinking, you know, I have this really crazy idea, it's probably going to work, yeah. you know? Like, that's the thing. With all of this shit, like, you know, there's people that are selling digital real estate online. Like, that is a thing, you know? You're kidding me. No, I'm wow. not kidding you. Yeah, I know. And it's expensive. It's, and it's getting more and more expensive. And people are investing in digital real estate. Digital real up. estate. Digital real estate, yes. And if somebody said that they were selling digital real estate to you five years ago, you would go, "Oh my God, never! That's crazy." But you know what? You know what? And I and and my first response was, I I asked you if you were kidding. But you know what? That's really not all that. It's in fact, it's not crazy at all. Because when you look at the traditional stock market, that's I mean, where where how that's nothing tangible either. You know, that money that's floating around out there, you know, where, where is it? You know, who, who has seen it? Who has touched it? Yep. It's all really just a construct of the mind. It is. It's ones and zeros. That's all it is. Mm, yeah. Have you, uh, I don't know. 
I can ask you this, I guess. Have you yeah. created any thing or have, are you cooking up something that can actually be put out there and digitalized your own product? Or are you just purely an investor in products that currently are out there? I, well, I, I made an NFT with a buddy of mine and we just, you know, we, we like, we, we throw it up there just to test the process and we did that just for fun. Um, but I have, uh, recently, uh, kind of, uh, quit my position as the general manager of this company that I work for. Oh, have you? Yeah, I have. So yeah, you're I no have. longer in the filmmaking business then? No, I, I still am in the filmmaking business, but I'm not in the managing of the team Got it. business anymore. Got it. I, I've, I've passed that uh, torch over to somebody else who's okay. doing a very good job with that. And I'm still taking care of my clients, uh, you know, on a project yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, but I am very invested in the idea of looking at this space and trying to come up with something which could wow. be, you know, it, it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by all of the possibilities and I'm just going to take some That's time. Amazing. For, That's for exciting. It is. It's exciting. And, and I want to try to come into contact with uh, other like-minded individuals who are, you know, willing to, Yes, somebody <laughs> like you, who, who are willing to try to create something that's going to make the the digital world and maybe the real world just a, a little bit, a little bit more even, a little bit better, yeah. you know. Yeah. And hopefully along the way, it's going to generate a, enough money for us to, you know, live on and hopefully. Yeah. Be a, but you know, this is the thing, like. <laughs> It's insane, like how quickly you can build something in this space. You know, yeah. like that that font NFT marketplace. Yeah, yeah. I think it's worth like you know sixty, seventy million dollars in like two or three weeks. Like it's ridiculous. It's fonts. It's fonts. You know that appeals to such a small amount of clients. Yeah. And if you think bigger, if you think digital real estate, if you think online porn, if you think online podcasts, decentralized comedy, decentralized YouTube. You, you could sell real estate as NFTs. You could disrupt the real estate market. You, why do you need a guy in a suit to turn up to sell something that could probably sell itself? And if you could like, there's so many legacy systems yeah. which you could disrupt. look at and you can disrupt them. You can solve so many problems. Yes. You, you could solve the problem of uh, education and uh diplomas you could make like degrees and nft so people don't clone them so people can verify that they're legitimate you could uh, make you could do anything whatever whatever exists in the real world you, you kind of make just it and you kind of just mentioned that whole thing about degrees just in passing but something clicked in my mind that i can imagine universities all over the world buying into something like that because that is a problem the falsification of degrees it is and, cer and certifications Absolutely. Yeah. That's a thing. You know, it could be a thing. You could yeah. you could have that thing with driver's licenses. Yeah. You could have it with you could have it with whatever you want. Because what like the, the, the network would just verify its authenticity. Yeah. So with an NFT, you're verifying that it is the original. And you cannot do that just by looking at a piece of paper. You cannot do that if somebody just attaches a PDF document to a job application. So, you know, there are all of these real world problems 
that can be solved through this new emerging technology. <laughs> it's only a couple minutes before noon today, and I tell you, I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. This conversation, you know, this is the kind of stuff I do. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a thinker, and I'm not saying I'm smarter than anyone, but I do think a lot. Um, I do analyze a lot. I'm always looking to learn something new. And this conversation has rekindled. Like I said, I was interested, very interested in, in Bitcoin and, and NFTs some time ago, but I just kind of let it go because I feared the technology. But this conversation, man, has brought it all back home again. I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight. Dude, I, <laughs> and I'm like this every night. Like it is so hard for me, you know, to yeah. like turn off all of the potential. But you and, know what? You know, Isn't I, it fun though? Isn't it fun when you're planning for your own future? Yes. That's that's what it is. Yeah. It's it's the best. And like if anybody wants the blueprint towards making something like this, it's this is what it is. Solve a problem that you think you can be interested in investing your time solving. And nothing is too crazy. Uh, if you think it, then there must be some way it can be applied. If it first drops into your mind, keep thinking on it, no matter how crazy you may think it is. You may wake up tomorrow and think that the idea you thought of yesterday was crazy, but drop those thoughts, reanalyze it, bring it back, and just keep building on it. And you can come to some pretty interesting solutions to some pretty interesting problems. Again, problems that maybe no one else really ever thought to question. No, I mean, there's, there's, it's fun. Anything. It's just, it's, it's it, that mental exercise is yeah. just, it fascinates me. You know what, if you wanted to do something, write down an idea, solve a problem, talk to a bunch of people that have some cash, if they believe in you and the idea, make it happen. Yeah. That's it. You know, maybe that process takes five years. Maybe it takes yeah. three weeks. Who knows? But it really is a simple process, but simple does not mean quick. Yeah, it can no. take a while, but it really is that simple. If, if an idea falls into your head, explore it. Explore it till there's nowhere else to explore and then take it even further then. And, yeah, then, involve, further then. and then involve and the right investors who believe in you and all of a sudden you've got something that's practical. You got something that's practical and you know, it doesn't have to be this massive thing. It no. can be, you know, it can be something smaller. And that's what, that's what even cryptocurrency is doing. It is creating the opportunity to give micro loans to people who want to create small businesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's an entire network of micro loans in developing countries in Africa. Yes. You know, so you, you could like, be, you could say, oh, like, I would like to give some money to this guy yeah. as a smart contract and help somebody build a, whatever, like a, a, a small store in the middle of fucking Senegal or wherever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and so like, it really is scalable. Like it can be like from the smallest, simplest thing up into the biggest, grandest thing. And it's really just up to you to have the idea. You might not even have the idea. You might just be the net for catching the idea. Yeah. And then it has, the idea has empowered you with this idea, with this knowledge. And then if you want to chase it down, chase it down. Write it down, make a plan, talk to some people with some money, make it happen. Have you had a lot of people come to you so far asking for help? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a, this is a, um, this is a profitable venture. You know, the, the, the whole thing with teaching people how to get into the crypto world is, is it's a viable business venture for you. 
Yeah, it is. Um, I'm, I, I wanted to do something that would help people and that would also help myself. And, you know, I'm getting paid in cryptocurrency, which is only going to appreciate. And all that cryptocurrency that I get paid in, I just put in a little bank account that just grows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hear, I hear you know, I, it's, uh, it's good. And like, like I said, it's like I'm, I'm getting like 10% of one ETH, which is about 200 bucks. And if somebody invests, you know, like a thousand bucks or five thousand bucks or whatever it is, they're usually making that money back within the first week, if not the yeah. next day. So, like, that, that's uh, that sounds yeah. very promising. I, hey, I'm I'm in. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna talk. We're gonna talk. Yeah, Let's, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm gonna sign off now, but stick around because you and I are gonna talk. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All so, right, peace out. yeah. So, th thank you so much for coming on, Ania James. Everybody, um, check him out. He's here to help you if you want to get into the crypto world. He's definitely going to help me because I want to get into the crypto world. I'll come back. I'll we'll do another episode. I'll tell people how I'm doing. I'll tell people, uh, yeah, how this journey went. And um, while uh, it was just the, the the chance of YouTube that got me interested in this. It is my friendship with you, Inia, that has furthered and renewed, rekindled my interest. So thank you for that. I called you brother before. I call you brother now. I call you friend. Thank you. Thanks, John. It's been really nice talking to you again. And uh, Likewise. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I look forward to taking some uh, epic steps in the yes. crypto world together with you. All right, man. All, All right, right Inia James. Bye, everybody.